Left. Right. Hello, man. Thank you for joining this episode of Sip Talk Today. We're talking about NFTs. We're talking about Web 3.0. If you're not familiar with NFTs, well, you might be a little late. But Web 3.0, that's uh, some new stuff to me. So uh, listen on. You certainly learn a little bit more. Uh, and you will definitely uh, finish listening to this podcast, knowing the difference between Web 1.0, Web 2.0, and Web 3.0. So uh, check it out. Let me know what you think. Uh, throw some comments in there if you learned anything or if we missed anything. Uh, remind us with some exclamation points. All right, see you on the other end. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. Hey everybody, this is Sip Talk episode 152. My name is Justin DeGiulio out of my basement in New Jersey, joined as always by James the Bosnator Boswell out of sunny Charleston, South Carolina. James is a philosopher, an accountant, a professional referee, and a bartender. And today we have Yaya Ahmed, a crypto NFT expert. Uh, not not so great with changing the batteries on his uh, smoke alarm as uh, no, no, we, no. Can, we can hear the uh, smoke alarm beeping in the background. So today we're talking about NFTs. We're going to talk about Web 3.0, which is something that uh, was not on my radar until you sent me a text the other day. And then I started doing a little research. So, uh, so I'm hoping you can shed some light for me and, and for some of the people listening and watching because it's uh it's very new to me so i imagine i'm not the only one what is web 3.0 well we're gonna get there we're gonna get there in the meantime we gotta listen to yaya's uh, smoke detector beep obnoxiously frequently <laughs> if it more? was only connected to the wi-fi you could turn it off do you uh uh do you have more than one uh smoke detector that's beeping right now no it's just one it's the one in the basement oh okay okay well Basement is a good place to have a smoke detector. There's got to be more than one. Well, there's like seven in the house. Okay, yeah, the, the cadence there is, is pretty quick. So uh, smoke detectors are, are mostly a pain in the ass. I've never, uh, <laughs> I've never had an experience where a smoke detector has, uh, has helped me. I lit something on fire uh, a couple of months ago in the garage, and I had mm -hmm. like six smoke alarms stored in the garage. And they were all over the place. And there was just this obnoxious beeping. <laughs> and I couldn't get it to stop. I was just tearing these things out, ripping batteries out left and right. Um, so either way, sorry for the delay. If you guys are watching this live, we were delayed by a parakeet on the loose. Apparently, yeah, yeah, I had a, a parakeet escape. And uh, we had a slight delay. So, um, yeah, yeah. You want to tell us a little bit, bit about yourself and uh, and how you know so much, how you know more than we do about uh, about the Web 3.0 and about some NFTs. Um. So honestly, um, obviously everybody knows crypto's got really big in the recent years. Um, you know, everybody just hopping on the train. Crypto was has been around for what, like, um, in 2021, 12, 13 years now. And then last year, actually, no, this year, you know, the whole boom happened with the NFTs. Not everybody's talking about, hey, buy this, buy that, look at my NFT. And essentially, you know, 
um, you know, and some people are just like, why are some of these images selling for thousands and thousands, if not millions of dollars? Maybe you want to explain what an NFT is for people who don't know. Well, let's so, back it up. Let's back it up a little bit and, and just can either either one of you guys want to take a stab at, at explaining cryptocurrency in a very basic way. Uh, James, you want to take that one? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm jaded on crypto, but it, cryptocurrency is you've got a network of computers that are running a digital ledger of all the transactions that happen in the network. And every 15 minutes, the network will generate a new set of coins that are given to one computer that's connected to the network that guesses the correct answer to a math problem. And all the computers that are connected to the network are all simultaneously processing that both the transactions that are occurring in the network and verifying the network. And at the same time, the excess computing power is basically just being put towards guessing random numbers for the solution to a difficult math problem. So effectively, uh, effectively that digital ledger is, is what's running that currency. Mm-hmm. And, which, is and, on, which is on the blockchain. And, and all, yeah. the, all the processing going on in the background are users that are getting paid to process that, that ledger. And, right. and they're being incentivized by a reward. Right, which could be any, which was the first one was Bitcoin, and then you know others came out Ethereum, Litecoin. Now you have meme coins like Dogecoin. Um, and you said, so, wait, you said they're mean coins, meme. No, as in they were like meme. Dogecoin was originally created as a joke, right? And then it just caught traction. Okay, so the most the most popular digital currencies, Bitcoin being number one. I imagine Ethereum being number two, and people it used can to think be Litecoin of, is number two, and people can think of no, digital, Ethereum is number two. People can yeah, think but of, Litecoin used to be number two. I, um, I always thought it was Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, and then there was a myriad of other coins that that kind of came out well, after no, them I, that never I, got I as much traction. Litecoin is um, number three right now. Not now. I'm I'm saying as as I was introduced to them. Makes sense. Okay. So, okay. but for a long time, it was Bitcoin leading the way as kind of the strongest and right, most right. prevalent currency, kind of like the US well, dollar or the euro. Well, it still is, and it's the most recognized. However, that digital ledger, the technology, basically the algorithm or the math problem that people are solving, what they're saying is that Ethereum is effectively a more secure. System that offers its users more anonymity. Am I correct on that? Well, and then um, we're gonna tie Ethereum into Web 3.0 later on once we get through all the basics. Once but, we get through all the basics, but but as the basics, cryptocurrencies are a digital ledger that a group of users are solving math problems, and they're incentivized to solve these problems by being paid a a fraction of one of the coins. Well, I don't think you should say there's a group of users solving a bunch of math problems. It's in, uh, it's more like there's a bunch of computers that are uh, that have enough computing power to um, uh, figure out algorithms, and then uh, there, those, uh, if you have enough computing power, those algorithms are solving you know where the transactions are happening, and then they're recording it. So when I so, say users, it's it's really software 
processing or it's hardware and, and software processing. It's, ba- it's basically very powerful computers solving those algorithms to uh, when the transactions are happening for cryptocurrency and these algorithms are being sold and then whoever gets it gets rewarded for basically recording it on the ledger. Yeah, yeah. but with Bitcoin as an example, the amount of processing power that's fed into the network far exceeds the amount of processing power necessary to efficiently process the transactions. You've got a huge amount of excess. And so and you're getting into topics of network difficulty when it comes to releasing the next block of coins. Right. Yeah, so, uh, no, go ahead, Justin. I was just, I, but effectively, there are people that own the machines that are running the, the, the algorithms to solve the problems, and those people are rewarded in right. cryptocurrency. So when I said yes. users, I, 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 I should have said, uh, what's, what's the word for uh, the machine that's, that's trying to crack the crypto? Well, it's any kind of hardware. You can have CPUs, you can have GPUs, GPUs. or you can have ASICs, which is application-specific integrated circuits. And ASICs are basically hardware that are designed only to be good at running a specific type of algorithm. So you can buy ASICs that are tuned to to mine for any one of the main cryptocurrencies. Oh, and mining. so if you, mining, yeah, mining is yeah. But you can have a, a like an ASIC for Bitcoin, and if you were to try and mine Litecoin off of a Bitcoin ASIC, it basically wouldn't work. Because the hardware is designed specifically to be efficient in generating answers to the type of math problems and the type of algorithms specifically for one type of coin. Um, so like if you were to plug an ASIC into your computer and try to have it like run a video game or like run some any, any other program besides a Bitcoin mining program, it wouldn't do anything. Okay, so I think we have a basic understanding of what cryptocurrency is or kind of how it works. And so it's basically a digital ledger that there's a lot of machines that are being incentivized to, to keep the ledger active and accurate. And people use that currency right now, mostly as an investment vehicle, uh, much more so uh, as an investment vehicle than as an actual currency. That's why a lot of people have issues with this because one, as an investment vehicle only, it's not really a currency. And uh, um, as an investment vehicle, it's highly volatile, which makes even using it as a currency very difficult. Uh, And using it as an investment, very difficult because it is highly volatile. For those of you guys who are watching us live on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, if you guys have any questions, uh, throw them in the chat. Or you can check out my Instagram profile and the link in my Instagram profile. You can join and ask a question uh, on, uh, on audio. So you can jump on the Zoom session with us audio only and ask your question. Uh, all right. So in order to kind of explain how NFTs work and what Web 3.0 is, where do we go next? So we, we understand how and what a cryptocurrency is yeah yeah i want to explain what an nft is so nft i'm pretty sure like anybody who's uh, listening to this you've kind of basically heard about it in passing or whatever it's basically called a non-fungible token um something that cannot be um 
duplicated. You know, right now, and like it seems like you know NFTs are just you know these you know pictures of cartoons being sold online. Like I said, for like thousands and thousands, if not millions of dollars, right? But essentially, um, what gives it so much value is because uh, it's it can't be just pictures. It can be anything. You can have um, you know you can have pictures. You can have people are releasing their albums new music albums as nfts you can have um contracts um you know literally anything that's on the internet um or like you know it can be an nft right a movie well Um, so so like an nft is kind of like a digital ownership rights where if you buy the nft you're you have the rights to the use of that image or song or whatever exactly and because uh, like big, just like the cryptocurrencies, because they're on the blockchain, they're being recorded on this ledger. So um, whoever created it will always have ownership rights to it. They can backtrack it. Uh, you know, it's going to be stored in their wallets and nobody else has it. So that's why it's, they're so popular right now. It's right. And where, I like, think like a key difference with uh, NFTs versus um, cryptocurrency is like the term, the, the word fungible. So like if you have Bitcoin, if I have Bitcoin and I have another Bitcoin, right. like these two are the same. If I have right. one one Bitcoin and another Bitcoin, there's you can't tell the difference between the two. They're the same. Right. But with NFTs, like you've got a comb and you've got a can. And right, so like exactly. you can't, it, like if I have one FT and, and I have two NFTs, it's not like I can just trade them and be like, they're the same thing now. Because each, each item, NFT. because each item has a digital code that it can be traced to. Right, they're exactly. all unique, and, it, so, and the NFT is associated with some piece of digital artwork or whatever. Whereas so, Bitcoin is not associated with anything. You can think about Bitcoin just like ten dollar bills. If I have a ten dollar bill and you have a ten dollar bill, and we exchange those ten dollar bills, nothing happened. We should still have the same value and essentially the same piece of uh, product. Yeah, but if I have an NFT and you have another and you have an NFT and we trade them, now something's different because right, I've exactly. got a different piece of artwork than you do. So right. to to maybe help understand kind of why these are becoming prevalent is because of the uniqueness of them. But traditionally, if I was to send either of you a file, that file mm-hmm. would be uh, scanned by my computer, right. copied, uploaded into the system, and then you would receive that file and there's not really a great way to track that and there's no there's there's no how would you say um to track like uh to figure out like you know if it belongs to me or you yeah is that what you're trying to say exactly so what happens is with an nft it gets recorded on that digital uh what's the word i'm looking for ledger Uh, it gets recorded as it enters the NFT world. It gets recorded on that digital ledger. And oh, that's receives... FYI. Digital ledger is blockchain. Exactly. So it gets, but it gets recorded in the blockchain, which mm-hmm. is effectively a digital ledger. So as it enters the blockchain, it gets recorded and it has a unique identity. So as it moves right. around, that token, that NFT, is traceable through there. So right. it first enters, that's the first ownership. And then that item can be transferred around the blockchain in exchange for whatever else, but it's, it's traceable and it's unique. Right. 
Okay. So, and also, uh, because we're talking about the NFTs, you know, and Web 3.0 and, and cryptocurrencies, uh, we have to include the metaverse somewhere in this conversation. I'd uh, rather not. Let's 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 get there in a minute after we. After I want to say hi to Maria step, real quick. After we establish, hello Maria. Uh, hi Irma. So uh, we got a few people here on Instagram. We'll say hi to. We got MJ, Christopher Hans, Coldwell Bank, Coco Chinchin, Kara Berger, Shaylin, Jen Jen. What's up, guys? Um, and Pixie Girl over here on uh, TikTok. Yo, and if any of you guys have questions about anything that we're talking about, whether it's NFTs, crypto, what, like whether you should buy into any of this kind of stuff, like fire them off. We'll respond to your comments. James is not a fan of cryptocurrency. So. No, no, I'm oh, not. Oh, no, I, I want to hear this. Why not? Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. So, okay. um, uh, yeah, you do me a favor, though. Can you just angle yourself down so, so your head is in the frame? Thank you. Perfect. All right. Um, so... So then an NFT is, is effectively a token mm-hmm. and it's, it's, un, it's a unique token that enters the blockchain. Right. So I, I want a better understanding of how NFTs work. How are they created? Where are they created? How do you buy them? How do you sell them? At, at what point? And also, some, why would you buy one? We know why you'd make one is, is to sell it for cryptocurrency. Well, you can but, sell it for dollars too. Oh, I mean, initially you have to transact in cryptocurrency, and then you can take that cryptocurrency and then uh, change that to dollars. Okay, you can't so, just do straight dollar transactions for NFTs. Well, it has to enter. It has to enter enter the cryptoverse. So it needs to be recorded on that digital letter ledger. So right, it needs. Yeah, to but enter- these are all separate ledgers. Bitcoin's ledger is not on the same ledger as Litecoin or Ethereum or anything else. It's no, I, each one's separate. Yeah, right, so, so they're also they're built on different blockchains because um so uh not every crypto has you know the same um purpose right Bitcoin is the only reason Bitcoin really has value is um just because it was the first one to come out you know that's like um that's the first thing to come out it doesn't really have any usefulness to it right um where you look at something like Ethereum um. Ethereum came out with a real purpose. You can build smart contracts on Ethereum. You can, Web3.0 Web is going to be based, uh, you know, kind of on Ethereum. So there's a lot of aspects that you can um, build, do, uh, do with the technology of Ethereum. And then there's these other coins, you know, there's coins that are um, going to be adapted into gaming or uh, there's going to be coins that are going to be adapted into the entertainment industry for like sports, music venues, whatever. So so really the utility the utility of bitcoin is limited to that of a currency right it's it it was like the inception of the cryptocurrency it's kind of like you know it's the king of it so that's why it really i that's why i believe it really just um holds that power and then holds that value what's a smart contract okay so smart contract um smart contract is really it basically eliminating third parties right um Let's say Justin, you're a real estate broker. Um, uh, let's say party A wants to buy John's house, and uh, John will say, "Hey, as soon as I agree to buy this house, the contract. Um, sorry, as soon as John agrees to sell the house, party A will 
just say, uh, agree, uh, doesn't have to do anything. The contract's executed, whatever the price is determined, that gets determined. And then let's say, you know, you're going to be like, you know, how are you going to get the deed? The deed can be an NFT, right? It's going to be a digital ledger. Uh, the whatever crypto you decide on, let's say it's Ethereum, let's say it's a thousand Ethereum, whatever that comes out to, that gets transferred to John. And then the deed, which could be an NFT, will get transferred to um, whoever's buying the house. So the, it really eliminates um, the process of having middlemen. Whenever, so, the deed, uh, so the deed gets uploaded into the this blockchain. ledger. So right. my question for you really is how does an nft work meaning how do you create an nft so how would you get that deed into the ledger um so let me like, ask a more let me maybe ask a more simpler question how would you get a meme or a tweet or a piece of digital artwork into so right right now um you can literally the i I've, the biggest marketplace for nfts right now is openc.io um you know you can find domain names there you can find um just memes there you know like or real just you know uh, artwork there um right you could just go on their website upload a picture um whatever it is and you know you just create it uh you got to connect your wallet where you have your cryptocurrency and you upload a picture just, so i can take a jpeg yeah exactly upload it on there right now, who has ownership of that JPEG to begin with? If I take a screenshot of something, convert right. it to a JPEG, upload it on there, but it's someone else's picture, how does it become mine on, on that? that? That's how it is. That's just how it's done. You can literally take a picture of anything you want and then just upload it. Um, and like I said, with like it's with everything becoming easier, there's not there's nothing really like, you know, um, technical that you have to do anymore where you have to like learn how to build a blockchain first and then implement uh you know creating your own ledger uh you know putting up jpegs right now you can just go on a website upload a picture boom you got an nft okay but okay. then there's there, there's some nfts where like um i don't know if you heard of like uh, crypto punks they were uh you know how bitcoin was like really like the first cryptocurrency crypto punks are like you know they're considered like the rolexes of the nft world they sell for millions and millions of dollars wait it's crypto just, what is it that sells for millions of dollars uh, it's called the crypto punk it's just a pixelated uh picture so it's a picture of anything but it's reduced to just larger pixels exactly yeah <laughs> so it's basically like early, early graphics, early, early internet. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, um, it's just something to have people, you know, it's like the thing to have uh, if you have an NFT. Uh, there's just some things out there which people don't understand. But, you know, uh, once we get into the metaverse, they kind of come into fruition, I guess. Interesting. Okay. Um so how would you go about buying an NFT? So you upload it to what's, what's the website that you're suggesting? You're saying it's really the only place I imagine it's well, no, the not, most not the only place. It's the biggest marketplace. Okay. What's the name of it? OpenSea.io. OpenSea? Yeah. Like S-E-A. Okay. So you log into this website. 
Uh, you, so you don't you don't log in. You don't log in. You go um, to the website. You go to the website and you have to have a digital wallet where you're keeping your cryptocurrencies. Uh, something you know, a really popular one is like a MetaMask wallet. Uh, you can download it on your computer. You can add a Chrome extension to it. Um, so MetaMask that. is that is that like a Coinbase or a Kraken or a Binance? No, 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 no. Coinbase is an exchange where you can buy and sell currencies. Okay. Right. Um, MetaMask is just a wallet where you just hold your um, any and all of your coins. Okay. So that would be effectively like a physical wallet. Right. Okay. Whereas Kraken or Binance or Coinbase would be like your actual bank. Yeah, where you go to buy these currencies. Okay. Or exchange them or whatever. So that you can spend from your wallet. Right. But you can't exchange currency. Uh, no, you can't exchange. No, no, you can't. Uh, you can transfer it. You can't exchange it. Right. Like you can transfer it to different wallets. You know, you can um, maybe get a trust wallet and then transfer it on there, but you can't uh, exchange it on there. What do you mean exchange? Like, a, like no, I'm saying you can like and like in a MetaMask, you can't um, exchange. Like let's say I can't exchange like you know Bitcoin to, um, or let's say Ethereum to any other cryptocurrency you can't interchange on. you can't, you can't interchange. interchange right so if you had cash which in the crypto world is referred to as what is what is cash referred to in the crypto world uh cash are you talking about usdt better that better well the uh, actual money is referred to as as something else in the in the crypto world yeah Fiat. Oh, okay. So you can't. Well, that's also turn, in the you, real world. That's not just the crypto world. Okay. Well, well no. fiat currency just means any currency that doesn't have a physical asset backing it. Right. So, but you, if you wanted to get US dollars into crypto coins, you couldn't do it through a wallet. You would need to do it through an exchange. Right. Okay. Or unless you're a miner. Of course. Okay. So you, <laughs> so you, uh, so you sign into this OpenSea and mm -hmm. you link your wallet. Right. Okay. And then you browse NFTs. You browse NFTs. You can buy one. Um, if you have anything, um, you can sell them. So it's like um, eBay for NFTs. Uh, uh, I guess. Link to, uh, it's, link it's to like your, link to your like PayPal account. It's, yeah, link to your PayPal well, account. Well, it's easier like, to sell things on eBay than it is Amazon. Uh, fair enough. But yeah, it's essentially just a marketplace for NFTs. Sorry, I'm a little older than you are, so eBay is is like closer <laughs> to my core than Amazon is. So, uh, and and then of course you would link your eBay to PayPal, right? Exactly. And it's difficult to get cash into PayPal, but now you can draw from your actual bank. But right, right. But that would be like putting money into the exchange and then sending it from the exchange into your wallet that's linked to the OpenSea. Correct. Okay. And um. Uh, and then, you know, every time you disconnect your wallet, you know, you're essentially just logged out. Okay. So interesting. I, I'm definitely going to have to play around with this open C thing. And I, I will try to in my mind, because from what we're talking about, I'm understanding it like an eBay type marketplace where you can upload digital items, right. Right. digital files, and people can buy them. And you can also buy digital files how are those digital files stored because we know they're logged into the 
currency. They're logged into the digital ledger. They're logged into right. the blockchain. Excuse right. me. Um, but what do you do? You know, once you drop uh, 450 grand on a picture of uh, some dictator, okay. what are you going to do with this? Um, I mean, that essentially, that question is just up to the person who bought it, right? Um, what do you do with real artwork? You know, you hang it up and you show it to people. Okay, so where, how are you showing people your, your crypto NFT? Um, you can, you can still, you know, um, uh, list it on like, uh, your pages, like, Hey, this is what I have, whatever, blah, blah, you know, uh, you can still, uh, you know, put it up for sale on the exchanges. So then it will become, it will show up like, Hey, this one is for sale. Um, so, you can go, you can go to other people's, um, pages. People have pages on there, just like profiles. And then they can showcase their collection of NFTs that they have. So it's basically a platform in the clouds. In the clouds, you, yeah. yeah, where you can where you can own things and show them. right, right, and right, and right now there's not much more that you can do other than show them off, buy and sell. Right, pretty much. Okay, but here's a cool thing about NFTs, right? Um, so uh, I don't know, just throw out a random game that you used to play when you were a kid, or you know, a game you know. How about Mario Brothers, the original Mario, Mario Brothers? Brothers? Okay, cool, Mario Brothers. Um. So you know how right now, let's say you have a game, you buy all these upgrades in a game, and then you know you delete the game, whatever the case may be, all your files get lost. So what the gaming industry is trying to do right now is trying to integrate itself with like uh, the NFT market. So let's say you buy a sword in Zelda, right? And you really like that sword. If it's an NFT, um, the, uh, the uh, makers of the game don't own that product own that you know sword that you bought in zelda essentially you it now own belongs it. it now belongs to you it, it now belongs to me now i can you know, and then you know if there's um mashups with other games you can take that sword and bring it into another game and you it's always going to be yours another that's why like you know right now people are just seeing it as oh it's just a picture whatever blah blah, blah. but there's so much more other use cases for it um where literally anything that's online um is gonna belong to you and not whoever you know controls the website or the game okay. so i think that's, that you're in i think now that you're talking about video games now is a really good time for us to explain what web 3.0 is and i've done i've done a little bit of research but right. i want to first set the stage by explaining what web 2.0 is relative to web 1.0. Uh -huh. So we're in a transition period now already from web 2.0 into web 3.0. Yeah. Web 3.0 is not going to look much like web 2.0, just like web 2.0 is very discernible from web 1.0. So when you right. think of web 1.0, think of the original websites which were static information, meaning somebody created that website, they uploaded graphics, they uploaded some uh, written content. A news article. Uh, yeah, so a, a news website that's strictly news alone is Web 1.0. It's right. static content, you can visit it, you can read it. All right, here's a good example, right? Um, Web 1.0, I would have to know, like, hey, I'm gonna go on, Justin's ABC website to find out what listings that he has and it's just essentially going to be oh Justin has 
this, 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 and this, and that's it. You can't interact and with it. It may give you my phone number, but you'd have to call me outside of the internet. Exactly. You would have to unplug your internet, put in <laughs> on your phone, and then call you. So can I can I play a quick video for you guys? Yeah. Because I think now I wanted to. I probably earlier should would have been a good time to to share it. But as we speculate what NFTs are. James, I think you'll you'll appreciate this. You probably mm -hmm. you've probably seen this video I'm, already. I'm looking at OpenSea right now. I'm just looking at like, and I honestly don't understand a lot of what I, I'm looking I, at. I I know that you're not with us, so that's well, why. Well, no, I'm, I'm paying that's, attention that's, to what you're saying, but I'm also like, I'm looking at this NFT website and trying to make sense of it, and I, I just that's, can't. well, probably because you're half listening to us and, and half reading. So what I want to get at though is I'm gonna I'm gonna share a video that's uh, roughly, let's see, almost three decades old now. And listen to how they're talking about the internet. And I okay. think that if we were to look at, at how we're talking about Web 3.0, NFTs, and cryptocurrency, our conversation now is going to have a similar ring to it 25 years from now. Absolutely. So let me, I don't know if you guys will be able to see this, but anybody who's watching live on uh, TikTok or Instagram should be able to see it. So I'll play full volume here. So uh, they are completely clueless when it comes to understanding what the internet is. And, oh, yeah. and at that time, you did need a phone line uh, in 99% of the time to access the internet. So yeah, unless uh, you were on like a university campus where they had a T1 line. Yeah, you know, that's, that's what funny. I was thinking of was, was, was a T1 line. Um, but yeah, in most cases, you would need to have a, a phone line. So, but they sound oh, completely can, can, clueless. Can I, Go ahead. Yeah, can I bring it real it's funny that you played this video. Um, I was just, I was on TikTok the other day. Um, like, and I just came across this video. It was Bill Gates talking to David Letterman um, about the internet. It was, I think it was like 1994. That's well, so it was well, web 1.0. And then Bill Gates was trying to explain to him, like, no, what the internet is. And Bill Gates said, well, think about this. You can listen to a baseball game. And then David Letterman goes, you don't have a radio right and then bill gates is like no, no no it's not like that but what if you can record that baseball game 
and they'll listen to it later. And then Dave Letterman goes, well, don't you have like a tape recorder? Yeah. Right. So, and then from that, where like people were just like, oh, essentially it's just going to be something, you know, where you can listen to baseball games and then record them to now where we're at. Well, I think I think what you're getting at, just like when we were talking about Ethereum versus Bitcoin, is there's a lot of additional utility that's built into it that's not being used right. yet. So exactly. When I, so and trans- also the 20-year conversation we're going to have when we're going to be like, yo, this is what we were talking about. Look at what like where we're at in 20, 25 so, years. Well, it was it was our understanding of of it that just isn't fully formed. Like James mm-hmm. is looking at this website saying, I'm I'm confused. In 20 years, we'll have a, a much more in-depth understanding of it so i want to talk well, about because i was looking at that website and i was seeing like various pieces of art or whatever and the nfts associated with it and seeing some of them that were valued at like 50 or sixty thousand. and at best i could say that's kind of a cool picture but i don't see why anybody would be paying sixty thousand dollars for them yeah well and it sounds like at this point it's just for the sake of saying i own it but right. so I want to talk about the difference. Web 1.0 static information. You go to someone's website they created and you can read information. Web 2.0 is much more interactive. So you can visit a website, you can download information, you can upload information, you right. can pay for things, you can buy things. Users can add content information, think Instagram, think Facebook, but it has dynamic content. So the difference between Web 1.0, which is static read only information, Web 2.0, is read and write, interact and create type information. Right. Now, what's web three then? Well, and, and let me, if, yeah, yeah, if you don't, if you don't mind me taking a crack at this, cause I'm trying to, Go ahead. Absolutely. it's, yeah, it's go my ahead. understanding that you have a better understanding of this. So I want to share with you what my understanding is. You can correct me as I go. All right, get on with it. All right. All right. right. So web, web 3.0 is more of a database. So it works like a blockchain. It logs the world's information in a more reasonable way than Google does using the blockchain. Uh, and using AI, it can access information uh, with better capability. So rather than just keywords and numbers, uh, using AI, it's able to comprehend a little bit. Uh, Web 3.0 might have some more natural language processing for faster and more relevant results. Uh, It also might include the Internet of Things. So, for example, that would and that's why I say we're transferring into it. We're in between Web 2.0 and Web 3.0 right now where my watch goes off and the garage door opens or the oven's preheated. I get a notification or your smart toaster tells you your bread is done or my Um, uh, or my, you know, yeah, basically. Uh, I don't think it's going to replace Web 2.0. Um, I think they're going to work side by side uh, until the foreseeable future. Well, but Web 2.0 didn't replace Web 1.0. Web 1.0 turned into Web 2.0. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, that yeah but there's sense. lots of websites that still operate just as a, here's some content that you can look at. Well, no fair, but like they can optimize that website where, which, where it is, and you know, they can completely change it to make it more interactive, whereas in web 1.0 even if they wanted to they couldn't do it like that's just their choice to just leave it like that you know well what changed what changed how did how did web 1.0 turn into web 2.0 um uh i mean hardware technology 
hardware technology, essentially also it connected the world, right? You know, in Web 1.0, you couldn't, you couldn't FaceTime somebody across the world, right? Well, there and, just wasn't the hardware or the, the actual internet bandwidth to allow that. Like, I remember when it took me 20 minutes to download a single song off Napster. And right. now you could, like, that same song would probably take me anywhere between one and five seconds to download <clears throat> okay. today. And then, okay, so uh, I think because we're running out of time, the biggest, the biggest thing about Web, Web 3.0 is decentralization. Um, the internet, well, Internet 2.0, when it first came out, the idea was everybody you know, is going to have a say in it, right? Um, and then essentially what happened was, you know, the internet's still free, right? But there's a few companies that pretty much own it, you know, Google, Amazon, Facebook, um, Twitter. They have all your data. They fig figure out what they can do with it. They can sell it. They can store it. Um, you know, that's how ads work. Um, you know, so you, you think you have control over stuff and ownership over stuff, but um, you really don't. You know, everything so, is connected by, a, like, you know, everything goes to a server right now, so right? And that's whereas, where everything is stored. Exactly. Whereas things will be logged in the blockchain. In Web 3.0. And using, you, you, well, so, so like we were talking about how Ethereum has greater utility because it, it basically has more options on it, whether you use them or not than Bitcoin does. Right. Web right. 2.0 was allowed through hardware technology, right? So hardware technology, meaning we had greater processing speeds, we had greater um, ability to process more Oops. bandwidth. That's, that's all right. Um, so, but, but hardware basically provided the platform for software to grow into right. So, right. you know, Instagram couldn't have existed on a, on a dial-up connection with low no. bandwidth. No. So what we're going to be doing with Web 3.0 is going to be enabled through blockchain technology and assigning digital uh, tokens effectively to what we're transacting and, and what we're sharing and what we're consuming. Right. It really just uh, gives the power back to the people. Uh, because there's no um oh yeah yeah ducked out but i bet we'll still hear his uh fire fire detector going off yeah well all right well then i guess this would be a good time for me to talk about why i'm not a believer in any of this stuff okay go ahead i just look at cryptocurrency in general but rosh is telling me to wait no, no but i'm curious because so I, I, I've moved from interested in crypto to actively mining crypto to being indifferent to now being actively opposed okay. um, because I don't think that it actually provides any value. I, I, like the, the resources that are put into both the production of the hardware for cryptocurrency and the resources that are put into maintaining the network in terms of the processing power and electricity I see that all as a waste. Well, the like, elect we could be using. Wait, 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 can, can I rebuttal that real quick? Um, well, hang on. So let's, what let's let let's before you re rebut what he says, let's flush out what James is saying. So the resources that are used to run 
blockchain technology, specifically the electricity consumed, and electricity is generated by burning fossil fuels. For those of you, the electricity know that. consumed, and also the silicon and hardware that's put into application-specific chips that can't be used for anything else. So James would like to upgrade his computer, but there's a shortage of chips for two reasons. One, shipping chips around the U.S. is difficult, <laughs> and two, the primary purchaser of said chips are people mining cryptocurrency. Right. Okay. Um, so what's your rebuttal to the fact that we're using an inordinate amount of, amount of resources? So um, I, that's true for Bitcoin. That's not true for everything else, right? Um, the it's true for any proof of work coin. Right. No, but the reason it's, uh, you know, I know people always hear like, oh, we're using so much energy to mine Bitcoin or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So because there's um, Bitcoin has having stages, right? There's only going to be 21 million Bitcoin uh, to ever exist. The last one's going to come out in 2150, right? So we're not even going to see the last one come out. We're going to, we're going to be dead. Um, so that's why. 2150. I, 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 oh, oh, 2150. I was like, yeah, 2050. I'll probably still be alive then. <laughs> no, 2150, right? And then, uh, so Bitcoin came out in 2008, and 19 million of them are already in existence. The next uh, 2 million are going to take another 131 years, 130 years to come out, you know? Yeah, because it's having. You, you, it, it's it's a... having, right? But that's just Bitcoin, whereas you know, other cryptocurrencies, um, uh, they don't, well, they up. have on, a lot, on that they have note, a lot though, more supply. So just because you don't need to mine so much. Okay. But just because they're giving away less Bitcoin or they're, they're putting more Bitcoin, fewer Bitcoins into the market doesn't mean that we're going to take our foot off the gas when it comes to mining. Well, no, we're not right. People are still going to do it, but, um, we can still, you know, we can we can leave Bitcoin behind. We don't have to keep using it, right? Uh, we can move on to other crypto. Let's say, you know, in a year or two, um, when Ethereum's gas fee problems get solved, you know, because they are working on the networks as we speak. Um, you know, it can take over the market cap. It can become the king. It can take over the market. Bitcoin might not be a thing in 50 years where people are just be like, you know, it's kind of useless. We don't really need this anymore. Um but right now, it just still holds that power. So I still look at it as you've got a certain level of processing power that's required to just maintain the network in terms of here's the ledger and here's all the transactions that are happening every second. And we need processing power to acknowledge them and verify them. Yeah, but where is the network? The network is literally every computer in the world. You can't right, but what I'm feet. saying is that the amount of processing power required to run the network and the amount of processing power being pushed through the network are right. orders of magnitude different. And that excess processing power and all those chips and hardware and electricity that are being used above the minimum, my argument is that's waste. Uh, but, uh, I, I mean, I don't really think it's, it's waste. You know, How is it not? Well, I think uh, I think I'm reading here that Bitcoin mining, Bitcoin alone, consumes around 91 terawatt hours of electricity annually, which is so. More... To put that into perspective, that's about the power consumption of the entire country of Argentina annually. If you, if you were to 
take all of the Bitcoin miners or whatever, they use, like Bitcoin mining uses up as much power as Argentina does. The entire country. Which which right. I think but then uh, um I mean I mean also as the world is progressing, we are moving towards clean energy, right? So um, Right, but I'm still saying that even if we have clean energy, even if we had zero carbon energy, one hundred percent of it, right. I'm still saying that we're wasting electricity. That that electricity could be used for something other than cryptocurrency. Even if it do, even if one hundred percent of electricity is clean, that electricity could be used for other things that provide a direct benefit to people. Well, you could have said um, that a, a while but back. But no, no, crypto will crypto can provide a, uh, provide a direct benefit to people, right? Um, uh, half the half, more than half of the world's population doesn't have a bank account, but literally everywhere you go in the world, people have a cell phone, right? Um, let's say now if Bitcoin becomes or cryptocurrency becomes uh, widely accepted, uh, like uh, Venezuela is doing right now, you know, uh, and so it is going to help those people out that don't have access to banks or, you know, banks are charging obscure amount of fees um, to keep your money. Uh, you know, banks can't fail or, you know, they get bailed out. People don't have trust in these central organizations anymore. And that's why people are looking for an alternative. Right. right, where uh, essentially they get to keep what's theirs, and they don't have to, um, you know, they're not, you know, held accountable by anybody else for what right. they own. What about moving to a proof of stake instead of proof of work? I mean, that's also. Uh, James, could you explain that so that someone listening to this understands? So, proof of work is going to be how much processing power you're contributing to the network determines how much reward you get. And right. so the more processing power you put in, the more you get. And it's not, it, well, I'll back up. What, what are, because not, I, I'm paying attention and I know what you're talking about. Let me put it but this when you way. You say processing power. What are you processing? So you're, you're so you contributing a, you your a, processing power to the network. I've got you, a graphics card in my computer. If I were to choose to use my graphics card to run to to mine Bitcoin, then my my processor is going my, my graphics card is going to do two things. One, it's going to contribute some amount towards verifying the transactions in the network, and the other amount is going to be cr guessing at random numbers, hoping to find the next random number that unlocks the next block of coins. Every block of coins is going to be released every 15 minutes, and there's going to be some unique hash associated with that. And once one computer in the network guesses that number correctly, that computer is rewarded the coins. So that's so, what your processing power is And so is proof of process. work is going to it basically, if I've got one graphics card guessing 10 million numbers a minute, and there's 20 quadrillion numbers to get there, it's going to take me a long time. If I've got 100 graphics cards trying to guess at that one in qu 20 quadrillion answer, well, I'm going to have, I'm going to get there 100 times faster. So it's all about, and if I've got, and that's proof of work, is the more hardware you have working for the network, the higher probability you have of getting a piece of the next block of coins that are released and you're proposing most people what when you're proposing changing away from that you proof of stake a... is going to be what percentage of the total coins in circulation do i own 
and then I'm rewarded based on that. Well, that doesn't sound like a very good system. Well, it, it eliminates the waste problem that I've talked about, where the vast majority of power going into the Bitcoin network is not used to validate transactions and maintain the network. It's used to solve the next math problem to get the next block of coins. Right. But, you know, as you go along, you can um, you can work on a technology where uh, uh, like no one knows who created Bitcoin. Like, let's say, let's go on, uh, first of all, let's just get that out of the way, right? No one knows who created Bitcoin, but something like an Ethereum, we know where it came from. We know who created it. We know, um, we, we can see, uh, you know, the exact technology behind it. We have people, you know, who are running the show. They can figure out ways to tweak the technology where it's not using as much power going on in the future. And then, you know, uh, when, when it's widely being accepted, when it when it's you know widely accepted as payment, um, you know people will figure out you know this is what we need to do so it does not turn into another Bitcoin where it's just wasting energy and wasting energy. So I mean that is being worked on. It's like uh, as Ethereum 2.0 is being worked on right now, where um, because gas fees are so ridiculously high because of that uh, you know use of power, um, and they are trying to fix that actively. So it's not just a thing where you know. If it happens once, it's going to keep happening. Well, so that's that's my primary objection is the waste of electricity, but it's also the building of applica application-specific chips that can only be used for a certain type of crypto mining, and they have no use outside of that. And those are take and it's it's having a real-world effect right now in terms of computer chip availability for all sorts of compute consumer products be it CPUs, GPUs, and also CPUs and GPUs that are used in things like cars or appliances. Yeah. And so because there is so much profit available in the cryptocurrency market right now, the people that make these application-specific chips are able to pay the factories that make the, like, the wafers more than what GM or Toyota would be willing to pay for the chips. So... The, the, the manufacturers are following the money and the money is coming from Bitcoin and all these other cryptos. And what I'm saying is those chips are being wasted. They could be used on something else that provides actual value to people instead of basically guessing at random numbers and very small percentage going towards actually processing the blockchain. Um, so guys, we're, we're running a little low on time. So, James, you shared that you're against it yep. uh, for a couple of different reasons, energy use and the use of the hardware that it takes to use the energy to verify the blockchain. Yeah, two types of resources, in my view, are being wasted and could be better allocated to things that directly benefit people. Um, and plus, also, my understanding is you don't like the volatility of, of the currency. No, I don't care about that. Like, if you want to invest in something that's volatile, that's that's your decision. You can look at the charts and decide whether or not it's something you want to buy. All right. So, yeah, yeah. What in the remaining time that we have? What have we missed? What are some good take-home points that when and think about NFTs and Web 3.0? What are what are some things that we need to be thinking about? Um, ownership of what you have. Um, really getting control back to basically everything in the world. You know, right now, um, whether it's money, 
somebody controls it, whether it's the internet, somebody controls it um, with cryptocurrency and, you know, Web 3.0, you, uh, you as a user will have true ownership of whatever you put out there and with everything being digital now, the metaverse is coming out, um, you know, so, you know, our physical things, everything is going to be digital. So, and you need to have control over it. You can't give it to, uh, you know, the same people that, that have um, had control over it for the past 50, 60, 70 years. Well, not everything's going to be digital, but a vast majority of what we deal with in daily life will be digitized uh, right? And, and having control over it and ownership of certain items uh, in, in that, uh, on that plane of existence, whether it's right. whatever, whatever blockchain platform it is, um, will become increasingly important over our lifetime. Um, and, that, and that includes ownership of who you are. So something else about Web 3.0 is that as you travel across the internet, you carry with you your identity. Exactly. Yep. Right. So with Web 1.0, you didn't really have much of an identity yet when you were viewing a web page. Uh, web 2.0, you do have an identity, but uh, Web 3.0, you'll be able to carry that identity across platforms. So on Facebook, you're your username on Facebook. On Google, you're your username on Google, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, my understanding with Web 3.0 is you'll also be able to carry your digital identity. You'll have a unique token that belongs to you and you can carry it right. in whichever way you'd want and apply it in whichever way you'd want across platforms, which gives you actually additional privacy because you can travel to different platforms and websites and control how much of your personal information is released. Right. And then all that information, whatever you put out is going to be in your digital wallet which only you have access to. What if you lose the, the key for your wallet? Oh, then you're fucked. And you really are. That's, you I really think, are I think that's the ac actual truth of the matter is right, if you yeah. lose the key to your wallet, you are truly fucked. So there, there are no pink slips uh, on cars. There are no car titles. If you no, have no, the key and no. you lose the key, right. the, the I car mean, is gone. Throughout the past few years, I've made so many wallets for just like, you know, different things. I have one now. I don't even know where the rest of them are because I can't remember the passwords. Uh, I can't remember. And then I can't remember. Um, yeah. The, uh, the key, the codes. So I'm just like, yeah, it's gone forever. Yeah. Th that's a major problem, especially when it comes to locally stored wallets where people keep a wallet on a hard drive or something. Like if you lose right. the hard drive, it's gone. Right. Exactly. That's very scary. That's very scary, especially con considering you could have the vast majority of your wealth tied up in Bitcoin or Ethereum or Litecoin or Dogecoin or right. Ripple or any of these other other coins. Um, definitely, I I I'd love to have another conversation about how to a better way to demonstrate people how to enter the crypto market. And That's maybe, a good idea. Maybe a bit of a more hands-on demonstration and how to enter the NFT market. Um, but uh, I got a little learning to do. I think this was a pretty cool conversation. I feel like I learned a lot uh, just about Web 3.0 and NFTs uh, in the research that I did and, and then able to explore that research in this conversation. So uh, I want to thank you guys for that. I, I definitely don't think anyone has won James over on, uh, on cryptocurrency. <laughs> 
they, they all come around. No, so. no, I've moved the opposite <laughs> direction. Five, seven years ago, I was a believer in it. Now I'm not. So, um, either way, he, he, even the banks have come on board now. Even they're like, "Yo, we're not missing the train anymore." All right, quick. Yeah, yeah. If somebody has a question for you, how can they reach you? Um, uh, you can give them my Instagram. All right. What's what's your Instagram? Yeah, yeah. Ahmed official. Yeah, yeah. Ahmed official. So if you guys have crypto questions, reach out to Yaya at Yaya Ahmed official. Uh, James is. You might want to post his Instagram in the, like the YouTube com- in the YouTube description or something. James is on Twitter. Uh, get off my lawn two hundred four. And I want to thank you guys <laughs> and thank to Rashka Lab for many of the comments. Catch you guys next time. Thank you very much. Cheers, gents. James James buying NFT. No. Adios. <laughs> All right. Take it. This episode of Sip Talk. Thank you for joining. I hope you learned something. Uh, if you did, throw us a thumbs up, uh, give us a little like, uh, and if you uh, if you don't mind, we would greatly appreciate you sharing, you commenting, you subscribing. Any interaction helps us, and uh, and thanks for that. So uh, see you guys next time. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.